right, everybody, welcome into um, what has been the most exciting, what will be the most exciting episode because we have real legitimate news and breaking down of things to talk about. Um, so welcome in. Uh, Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents the Blue and Orange Football Podcast. I am your host, Jacob, over at Rochism13 on Twitter. Joined as always by my co-host Isaac over at Isaac10G on Twitter. Um, if you guys have any issues with anything we say tonight, um, stick it where the sun don't shine. I'm, I'm kidding. Come at us on, on Twitter. Come at us and we'll, we'll have a conversation. So normally I launch off into some big rant. Well, I ranted at you guys on Twitter about the greatest signing across the league and John Johnson III. We'll talk about that in a minute. But let's go to... My favorite signing that the Giants have, we're just going to start going. We're going to start going names. We're going to start talking. We're starting. This is just what we're doing. I talked to me and Isaac talked about this beforehand. I said, you want to throw a rundown together? And before he could answer, I answered my own question. I said, nope, we're just talking. So I like Kyle Rudolph a lot. Kyle Rudolph signed with the New York Giants. So talk to me about Kyle Rudolph. Talk to me about other signings with the New York Giants. Break down those signings for me in whatever order you want and how you feel. Grade them and uh, talk about – and then we'll talk about these signings and then we'll, we'll talk about future. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to touch on is Nate Solder. We talked about it last Oh, week. yeah. Yeah. Restructuring contract. That is something that helped the Giants. They're able to have a little bit more playing room in the, in the cap space this year. So – Props to that. I thought it might happen. It did happen. So that was music to my ears. Um, Leonard Williams, he got the, got the contract. Now I was reading an article. I think it was yesterday. He got a bag, uh, man. What's that? I said he got a bag. <laughs> he did, but he wanted more than that. What? Yeah. Yeah, I was reading an, uh, reading an article on the Giants Wire yesterday evening, and he wanted much more than what they offered him on a three-year deal. And the only reason he accepted it is in his eyes, he is, a, he is going to be able to prove after that three years what he is actually worth, especially when the NFL goes in and that cap space gets increased dramatically in the, in the coming years. So so I thought that was interesting. I would have agreed if they paid him much more than that. I already thought it was a lot of money for what they were getting, but that's just me. Anyway, thank you, Nate Solder, Leonard Williams. I think you're a little greedy right now. <laughs> but nonetheless, we're at where we're at. So first, I'm going to touch on the most recent signing. I think it's probably Mike Lennon, backup QB. Um, he's going to be in that roster. I like Mike Lennon. I think he's a good guy. He's a good QB um, if Daniel Jones were to go down. But Kyle Rudolph is probably, as you probably would agree, is my favorite signing mm-hmm. thus far. Everybody knows that listens to this podcast, all three of you, know that I do not like Evan Ingram. He can't catch cold, can't really do anything. Three and a half minutes. Yeah, like, that's all it takes. Three and a half minutes. We're there. Anyway, Kyle Rudolph, great pass blocker. Ranked number four, I believe, in pass blocking. Decent route runner can catch he's been proven to be productive yeah he's had some 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 health issues and injury issues but you know how old is he now he's like what 30 or something like that or 30 high 20s i can't remember his age 
uh, I want to say 32, uh, 31. He'll be 32 in November. 31. Yeah. So anyway, now we have two tight ends, which I think is great. I like two tight ends. So oh, hey, hey. I think this is a good thing for Everett. Reggie Raglan re-signs with the Giants. All right. Ten minutes. Breaking news. Yeah, there you go. The uh, two tight end sets, I like that. I think that bringing in another established tight end, such as Kyle Rudolph, may help the development of Evan Ingram. I really do. I think Evan Ingram is... competition break come in and you see those guys go to a different level I hope that's the case because man if Evan Ingram learned how to catch then we would be in pretty decent shape we've seen and what he can do so I like Kyle I think that's a great pick I really do Uh, we've got Mike Lennon we've got John Ross coming in um, we, we signed a 40-yard dasher, right? That, that's all he is. Yeah, that's all he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's playing track on, this, on the side of the field. And that's it. But the news we're all waiting for is Kenny Galladay. That's what I'm waiting for. I think that's what you're waiting for. That's what I'm refreshing Twitter to check. <laughs> like, we were, we were, before the show started, we were talking about, man, it's really a shame that that, that news hasn't broken yet. Because we all think that he's probably going to go to the Giants. He went to the facility today. He's meeting with people. They're going to be willing to offer him some money. I think it's going to be a good signing. Once that breaks, then we'll have even more excitement. But right now, I mean, they're, uh, they're in good, decent shape. But I can't remember. Shoot, for the life of me. They signed an Ed Rusher out of Minnesota, I believe, today. What is his name? I gotta look it up. I know. Sometimes it's like. Well, it's it's really funny with uh with some of the more minor signings uh, that go on that I lose sights of it. I'm trying to see if I can find it here because I I try to keep up on all of these, especially for the Browns and the Giants. Um, I th- you know the- I'm gonna try to pronounce his name. Um, Will Asiidi Odendigo? Maybe I apologize if I answered your name. Yeah, sure. But yeah, signed them out of Minnesota today, apparently. So we'll see what happens. Kenley Galladay, he's gonna sign. He's gonna sign right after we end the recording on the show. Typically, how that works. Yeah. But I think some okay moves right now. I'm happy to where we're going. Um, I think we really need to, to sign Galladay like we were talking about last night. If they were to sign him, that alleviates so much pressure going on in the draft. That prevents you from having to draft a wide receiver at number 11. That allows you to do a lot of different things. They're not going to go with Kyle Pitts now, I don't think, with them signing, signing Kyle Rudolph. That's what um, I was so, going to ask you. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you um, about that a little bit, and then we'll get, you know, we'll talk maybe a little bit about some of the Browns' moves here. Um, 
we talked about it offline and, and we've talked about, uh, you know, playmakers and field stretchers. And I told you, and I love the John Ross thing. I mean, he's been hurt so many times. So you got to wonder what does John Ross have that he can actually give you durability wise, because we know he's a 40 yard dasher and we know we, what he can do stretching the field. Um, but if they do get Galladay and they've got Kyle Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph's 31. He'll be 32 during the season. We're aware of that situation. If Kyle Pitts is staring at you at 11, do you pass? Like, let, like, let me give you like a couple of scenarios. Like, um, like Kyle Pitts is there. Uh, JOK is there. The linebacker uh, out of, out of Notre Dame. Uh, Devonte Smith is there. Jalen Waddles even there. Um, and uh, I mean, elite, I just saw Aziz Olajari go to the Giants at 11 um, in some of the most recent things. But if you're sitting there and you got all of these choices and Kyle Pitts is one of them, are you still are you are you good enough with what you got? Or are you going to say, hey, like and, and this is something I'll ask you. Um, we, we've talked about it. We had Nick Carnes on a couple of weeks ago, a Brown super fan. We are going to, uh, we have it set up. We're going to have a, uh, another fellow blue, uh, a fellow blue wire hustle, um, member with us next week. Hopefully we've got a couple of guys that are interested to hop on here and talk some ball that are going to, and I want to present this question to you guys. Um, the Brown in, in, this is a long way of me asking if you would take Kyle Pitts, but the Browns, I mean, you've have spoken about, I think that the, that the giants going into year three of Daniel Jones are exactly where the Cleveland Browns were going into year three of Baker Mayfield. And that was with Joe judge. Joe judge has already had a year with uh, Daniel Jones where Kevin Stefanski didn't, but you had Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry come in and, the first thing was, if we don't have a quarterback, we need to find a quarterback. Well, we don't know if our guy is the quarterback. And so we saw them completely reshape that offense, and they fixed that offense. I mean, there's still you know, maybe a need for speed, potentially. Um, but you surrounded Baker with everything he needed, an offensive line, tight ends, running backs, receivers, everything he needed. And because of that, you've been able to do what they have now done this offseason to what I think is now, I think, in the top. I think the Browns are in the top five. I think they're serious Super Bowl contenders. We'll get to that. But do you think they could go Kyle Pitts because they potentially, and I want to ask you this and other Giants fans this, that they potentially are going to try to do what the Browns did with Baker and give Daniel Jones no excuses other than if it doesn't work, it's because you're not good. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Yes, I think they're going to, to do that to some level, right? Mm-hmm. So – I think the Giants are committed, like I was telling you, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before when we were talking back and forth. I think they're committed on their young offensive line. I think they like what they have right now. I think they may bring in another veteran maybe to just kind of bring everything together. So then you ask yourself, okay, if they're not going to spend a ton of time and effort on the offensive line, then where are they going to go after that? Because you yeah. saw the offensive line really start to develop at the end of the year last year. They started playing pretty good. So where do you go after that? Do you go outside? Do you go to another receiver? 
go to Kyle Pitts, what do you what do you do? So I look at the roster and I see them take John Ross. I see you have Sterling Shepard. I see you have uh, Darius Slayton, which from articles and things that I'm I'm seeing, they're they're really high on Darius Slayton right now. They think that this third year could be a pretty breakout year for him. Sterling Shepard Shepard has been proven that he's pretty tough in the slot. And you've got John Ross that can run really fast and extend the field. But you're still missing something. Yeah. You're still missing a number one receiver. Yeah. With that with that crew and that cast, you don't have it. I'll get to the tight ends in a minute. You still have to have a, a number one. So if they sign Kenny Galladay, then in my head, maybe you don't look like that. You don't look there at number 11 in the draft. You look at, okay, what's available? Season, I think. 
It's a very interesting thing because I think that the Giants coming into year three of Daniel Jones are in a slightly different position than what the Browns were coming into year three with Baker Mayfield uh, in the sense that the Browns were able to – they were in a position where – well, I guess it's actually kind of similar because if they fix the offense, they could do exactly what the Browns did last year and win 10 or 11 games. Um, But I think they have a better defense as it stands right now than the 2020 Cleveland Browns did, uh, which could be fun. Okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about free agency. We'll get into the funness of what the – like, is it September yet? Like, my wife doesn't want it to be September. Like, she wants to know when the draft's over. Um, And I'm like, I'm really sorry – and so I've so I've I've made it a testament to 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 talk a little bit less about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it. So like, if you follow, yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll probably get more tweets during the day, so that I don't then bore my wife with it and I just bring it up in really really weird times to bring it up. Like I understand the I understand. I definitely see her side of it, right? Like she's a hundred percent correct. It's like I hundred percent. I'm sorry. Okay, so um, let's switch gears. Let's talk about the Browns. Uh, let's talk about um, what I did when the Browns uh, signed John Johnson the third. I work. I do. I work in parking enforcement. I work uh, through the city police department where I live, and I was in the police department when I read the John Johnson news, and I jumped up and down, screamed yes, 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 Super Bowl, Super Browns. So um, that happened, and uh, the police department. Uh, thankfully, a lot of the police officers were out just doing you know police officer things, so they didn't. They didn't see that. Yeah, please. I don't know what they were doing on Monday at like four thirty in the afternoon. Like, I if I thought about it, that was three days ago, man. I don't know what I what I ate for lunch. Really. They were doing things. They were doing stuff and things. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so I I did breakdowns of the John Johnson and the Tack McKinley. Um, signings for the Browns. I didn't do any signings yesterday. There wasn't really the Hollywood Higgins thing came out after I decided I wasn't doing a video for the night because they hadn't really done anything. And uh, let me just say this about Hollywood. Um, The dude now twice in a row has given up more money and potentially a bigger role to stay in Cleveland and to stay with Baker Mayfield. And if that is not a sign of the tides changing, I, I just, I don't know. Um, John Johnson, the uh, a friend of mine, uh, Trevor, who plays I play D&D with is a, is a Detroit Lions fan. So uh, we were fighting about John Johnson because his two suitors were the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns. And, and John Johnson, um, I said this the other night, John Johnson, I got this stat right here, Isaac. Tell me if this stat does not just overly blow your mind, okay? Um, last year... The Cleveland Browns safeties, where they were the closest person in coverage on a completion, the Cleveland Browns safeties allowed 12 touchdowns. Um, That's a lot. Um, And somehow does not seem like it's enough for what they allowed last year. It feels like that's only half of what they allowed. That's probably what Sandejo allowed himself. So 12 touchdowns. John Johnson the third last year. 
where he was the closest safety in, in, in coverage. 61 targets, one touchdown. 61 targets, he allowed a touchdown. He had over 100 tackles from his safety position. This man does not miss. uh, uh, Brad Ward uh, over at All Eyes on Cleveland, also a Blue Wire Hustle uh, uh, podcast. If you you are a Browns fan, do check out Brad's work. He's over at Warden Sports as well on Twitter. Um, He had compiled a lot of the data, and he said Sendejo, Redwine, and Carl Joseph all together – uh, they none of them grade in coverage. Number none of them graded above a forty nine, uh, a forty nine, and uh, John Johnson the third last year graded as an eighty six. This is an absolute home run of a signing. This is a this is a game changing signing. Right, you're talking about. A, a group that allowed 12 touchdowns compared to a guy that allowed one like like that that's two three wins right there over the course of a season uh john johnson like he may have been one of if i don't know that he's necessarily was the biggest free agent but he was probably in the top five of available agents and he took significantly less money to come to cleveland and it, it, that doesn't happen Cleveland has to overpay for guys. If you cannot see what Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski are doing in just two years, in two off seasons, just really a calendar year, but two seasons, I'm sorry. Um, But if you can't see this and you don't realize that the tides are changing, then I I don't know that you're watching the right sport for you, right? I don't know that you're comprehending what you're seeing. I'm not trying to be a jerk. The Tack McKinnon thing, uh, one year, $4 million, love it. Dude's a former first-round pick, right? So, like, there's a reason. Like, you, you, there's a reason you're a first-round pick. Also, there's a reason you're a former first-round pick who didn't have his fifth-year option picked up. I get that. Tack McKinley, you're brought in to be depth piece to also compete. I think the dude has got talent. Um, you can see it. In, in Atlanta, um, I think that's a great signing. But really, I land on the two big ones, man. Um, other than Hollywood, thank you. Bless them. You know, uh, it, Hollywood's going to roll out the red carpet again in the fall. But landing safety, John Johnson, and then today getting his his running mate, cornerback Trey uh, Troy Hill, comes four years, $24 million. Once again, you're talking about these guys, they're getting these guys on these value deals, right? Last year, your corner position your your slot corner which is where Troy Hill primarily plays it was terrible Kevin Johnson uh, Evan Ingram can't catch a cold and Kevin Johnson can't tackle like those are overwhelming themes of our podcast because those are just the truth and I wanted to to to, to tell you something PFF's highest graded cornerback when aligned in the nickel since 2019 which is a minimum of 30 targets Number one, Troy Hill at 89.8. 89.8 is his grade over the last two seasons in the slot. I'm going to tell you, and you, and I know you'll agree with me, nickel corner is a starter nowadays. You have, you have three – your base defense has three corners. It's just it is what it is. Troy Hill can play outside, but you're looking at the draft, I think. You're looking at Greedy Williams potentially coming back. There's rumor that they may still add Gary and Conley, another former first-round pick from The Ohio State University. Um, 
the situation is you looked at two just terrible positions outside of Denzel Ward. The corners were awful. I, Money Mitch blesses bless his heart. He played his heart out, but you know, he just, it's not, he moved on. He was a good corner. He wasn't a great corner, but now you've looked, Kevin Johnson was not good. He moves on to the Titans. Um, the Texans have signed like five Browns player, former Browns that went from the Browns in 2020 to the tight uh, Texans. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but the point is you went from the safeties and the, especially the nickel corner, just being absolutely God awful to being positions of strength. And, and that's what, that's, that's what good GMs do to the offense. You figured out that Baker Mayfield is the guy. He's the guy. And now Andrew Barry says, don't worry. I'll get you a championship caliber defense. I'm telling you, man, like, I've been excited, fake, real, legitimate optimism. I have never believed the Cleveland Browns could truly compete for a Super Bowl if I was being realistic until now. This, and we don't, we don't even have the draft yet. We're still talking about the draft is still coming up. And I think that the Cleveland Browns, um, I just saw this tweet here from uh, Mina Kimes, hmm, who said that, let me bring it back up, as I, of course, I'm like scouring. One of these days, I'm going to, we're going to break some major news, and um, I'm going to be scouring it so I can find it. So Mina Kimes said uh, that she was trying to pick free agency winners at this point, and she landed on the Browns, Jets, and, and uh, Washington football team. And, and to me, it's like – because people will tell you about the Patriots, and I must tell you right now, I remember the last dream team that just signed everybody, and that was the, the Eagles, and I, I don't think that uh, worked out for Michael Vick and Eagles very well. I don't like what's going on in, in, in New England. I don't think they're doing it properly. He's, he's making up for the fact that Bill Belichick has not drafted well in probably five or six years, and that caught up to him last year. So, but I think the Browns are in an amazing place, and, and I just I had to get on here, and I had to rant, and I had to talk about it, and I had to just point out, like, hey, man, um, Troy Hill, John Johnson, strap them up. Let's go. I'm ready. If there is any piece or player that is out there that you hope there's be a chance for the Browns to pick up as a surprise out of left field, just bam, something. What would you want it to be? Um, I'm not sure how out of left field it is, but we still want. I still want more help at edge rusher. Um, we missed out on those big guys. Andrew Barry didn't want to pay 15 plus mil to any of them, and they all got paid. And yeah. and so you missed out on them. But there's still some really good edge rushers out there. I still want absolutely no part of Jadavian Clowney. I do not. I will find a way to talk myself into it if it happens. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, because you have to deal with it. I like Carlos Dunlap a lot. I mean, I got to see him a ton of Carlos Dunlap killing a ton of bad Browns quarterbacks when he was in Cincinnati. 
And, and, you know, you'll say the first few games he was just not good last year, but you could tell he did not want to be with Zach Taylor in Cincinnati anymore because he goes to – he goes plays eight, eight games with the Seahawks and gets five sacks. You know, like he, he came alive again. I would love Carlos Dunlap to line up opposite of uh, Miles Garrett over there. I would love to see – I think the one – because the rumor is that he doesn't have a lot of interest in the Browns, but the one that could be out of left field is Adore Jackson. Uh, the corner from the Titans that was released, uh, former first-round pick. Uh, he only played three games last year. Um, before that, he only played 11. Then he had 16 The first two, his first two years in the NFL. It was a cap situation. We don't know if Adore Jackson's healthy. If Adore Jackson is healthy, I think he is a very, still a very talented young corner um, that could, you know, play very well I've, I've heard there's not a lot of interest for him to go to cleveland like and that's fine because you're probably going to have to overpay for a guy like that but give me an edge rusher i would love to see another uh, a, D, a backup nose a, a d tackle because they let larry Joby walk which he's an amazing person not a great nose tackle um i i was okay with them letting him walk but now you you kind of create a position of need um in that situation and Brashad Perriman got signed. Uh, he goes, he goes to Detroit. So my speedy guy, uh, we don't get him, but I want to say this to the people that are wondering why Rashard Higgins is coming back, but we're not moving on from Jarvis or OBJ. Um, Kevin, there is no way that you run back that entire wide receiver room as it stands right now. And there's obviously still other things can that happen unless that's what Kevin Stefanski wants. AB is these guys are perfectly aligned, right? And like we never thought we were going to see this, but AB is giving Stefanski and now Joe Woods on the offensive side or defensive side exactly what they want. Stefanski said, "Hey, let's run this back. I can win with these team. That's it, these players. That's the only explanation." Kevin Stefanski clearly more smart than I'll ever be when it comes to football IQ, uh, dude. Dude's an Ivy League dude, like handsome son of a bitch, you know, like eh, a lot of things I am not. So he said run it back. Let's say run it back. But like, yeah, give me Carlos Dunlap, maybe a Dory Jackson. I say, let me let me ask you that left field. It doesn't have to be left field. Just give me give me or give me a position or two positions and give me a player or two that oh man, other than Kenny Galladay. That you were like, man, if the Giants get those guys, you'll do what I did when I uh, screamed and yelled over the John Johnson pick. It doesn't have to be that intense because I realize I'm an idiot. I don't know. Uh, I guess I haven't. I haven't. I haven't thought of left field because to me, the receiver pick is the biggest thing. But I was sitting here. Okay, now his name's blanking on me. You and I just talked about it. You and I just, Malcolm Butler. There it is, okay, yeah, yeah. That's, yep. That okay. Would be, that would be the name that I would be like, oh, okay, I like that. I think that would be a big good pickup. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a need that the Giants have, and that would be something I'd be like, wow, I could see, yeah, that would be my slight jump. I don't jump too much because I'll blow out an ankle. But, no. uh, yeah. I, I saw some videos of, of OBJ running full speed of, like four months after his ACL, as well as um, as Grant Delpit, 
you know, coming off the Achilles. And I was watching uh, Odell run, like, just on this treadmill. And I was like, he blew out his knees, like, four in October. Uh, so what is that, like, five months ago? So, like, I blew out both of my knees watching him run. Uh, and I was just sitting on the couch. And I'm like, oh, oh, my goodness. How <laughs> it's... Jaguars. Okay, sorry. I I thought I saw something there for a second. I thought it was Kenny Galladay. I'm telling you right now, I'm really feeling. It's- I'm sure it is. Like you don't. This is like you don't let that dude out of New York. Like you just can't. I just don't feel like you can let him out of New York. But I'm just reading. I'm just reading something that Alan Robinson is reconsidering his stance. No, yeah, he he has accepted his franchise tag. He is going to sign that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That is. Uh, that is. That is unfortunately what is going to happen there. I mean. And so is Jaguars tackle Cam Robinson, very inconsistent player. I do not know why you would give him a franchise tag. I don't know what herbs our buddy urban Meyer down there is doing in Florida with some of these, some of these decisions. So I'll ask you this about the draft real quick. Just a quick draft question. What do you think? Cause this has been one of my darlings, but let's say you get there to 11. Let's say you get Kenny Galladay. So let's, we'll throw this at. What do you think about putting JC Horn opposite James Bradbury? He's a big physical, he's a big physical quick corner. Like he can, he can do what you ask him to do. Like whatever you ask JC Horn to do, he's going to do it. I think it's really funny though, that like he's the son of a wide, an NFL wide receiver and he's a corner. Like, to go to the other side. I wonder if it's like his dad just like was like this, like his dad was like, I can teach you how to do what receivers do. I can told you, I can still teach you how what receivers do, so that you can then combat it. Like on the other side, and I'm like, that's kind of how that stuff comes yeah. full circle. DC Horn would be a good pick. Um, I still think their probably main focus is going to be maybe offense, but they do need help on the other side of the, with the DB. One thing that slightly has me distracted right now. I briefly glanced at trying to find headlines and I saw I saw a headline of Tiki Barber, uh, former New York Giants running back, has harsh criticism for Kenny Galladay. He he thinks it would be a stupid pickup <laughs> to bring on Galladay. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I'll bite. I'll click the link. <laughs> I'll click. You know, clickbait. I, I lost. Anyway, he says, and if you think about it, it makes sense. Kenny Galladay is going to want a big contract. Okay? Yeah. He sounds it. But Tiki Barber goes on to say, that's stupid. He had one game, one, one good season, and he played five games last year. So that makes me think this. Do I still want Kenny Galladay? Yes, I do. I'm not saying it all. But putting that a little bit more into perspective, I bet you 
give him the five games of active playing last year due to injury. I'm hoping the Giants get him at a much better deal than anything else. It does. Kind of what my, my, when, I, when I read that. It does. I yeah. mean, I think it does affect it. Let's pull up this That's here. Garland has only played 16 games one time in his four-year career with Detroit. Yeah, it's true, but you say one good – he says one good season, but, I mean, 18 and 19, both of them, he had 1,000 yards. Yeah. Um, yeah, 19, he was selected for a pro ball, and he was lead, leading the NFL and receiving touchdowns with 11 and at 18.3 yards per catch. Here's an interesting – interestingly enough, he only plays five games this year, but he sets a new career high in catch percentage at 62 and a half. Now, granted, he caught yeah. 20 of his 32 targets. Um, I, I don't know, man. You're looking at a guy that's – go ahead. My perspective is this. Daniel Jones needs a guy that could be physical down the field and fight for contested balls. Kenny Galladay is that guy. Yeah. Simple as that. Everybody needs a number one. Like, we know he's not the number one receiver in the league, right? We, we do know is he's a big physical threat, can fight for those balls, and make plays. Yeah. And, and that's what he's going to do? Yeah. He's, I think it will help tremendously. He changes, the, I, he changes that offense. Changes, this is how I think you know. Um... This is how I think you know if a guy is worth that kind of situation. I say you 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 sit here and you say, "Hey, how many teams does he not change their offense?" And I'm not saying I'm not asking you how many teams does he go and be the number one on, but how many teams does he not make more dangerous and better, no matter what they already have? And I don't know outside of maybe. Maybe New England and maybe Kansas City. He doesn't. Yeah. You know, but I still think, you know, if you ask like 32 GMs, um, it, you're like, well, what, what, what would you, you know, if, if in a vacuum, if there was no salary cap, if you ask 32 GMs, how many of them are going to legitimately be like, no, I don't want Kenny Galladay? Yeah, nobody is. Because if they say no, they're lying to you. Yeah. Kenny Galladay is a talented receiver. I think he's going to sign someplace. I think he's going to probably bring in the 14 to $15 million in a year. Let's see, Corey Davis was just signed by the Jets, and he's bringing in, I want to say, it's like 12 and a half, something like that. So Kenny Galladay is going to warrant a little bit more more money than him. And look, I mean, yeah, he played five games last year. He was productive in the seasons prior. Even though he played five games, doesn't take anything away from his athletic ability. Um, one of those guys that, yeah, I respect him. I think he was a great player. But he is overly critical, I think, on some players. This isn't the first time I've seen him do things like this. Um, it's an interesting perspective, but... You need a receiver, right? You need an experienced receiver in the NFL. Kenny Galladay is the best available. 
Kenny Galladay has played in the NFL four years, and two of them he had a thousand yards. Yeah, he's twenty six. Yeah, I mean, it, that's definitely where you sit. So, um, I mean, I think that does it for week one of, of of our free agency episode. The Browns and the Giants are easily better football teams than they were when we talked to you guys last week. And that is where you're trying to be next week. We will be, um, so long as schedules permitting, we're going to, um, have a giants, an, an extra voice from the giants fan fans perspective, jump on here, talk a little bit ball. I think the week after that, I'm going to try to sweet talk Nick Carnes into coming back on so we can get more into the draft have some fun with that. We're, um, you guys want to join the conversation, uh, want to jump on the show for 15 minutes here and there. DM one of us. We'll, we'll get this thing set up. We'll get this thing rolling. I love the, I love the conversations we had. We had the conversation with Nick. I thought it was really nice and I'm really excited to go forward, uh, adding more voices, um, to the situation. So we're going to wrap it up there. Um, we are excited, uh, for this off season where we're going to go. So, now that we're going to sign off, um, Kenny Galladay will be a giant. So we'll see you next week.